Lekutu Sikh is Chelik Yutes, Shabbos Nachamu. There's also a Siyum, a Masech Temakis. Lili Nishmas Reb Yesef, Ben Yamin, Ben Reb Nasha Kaltman. Akiva Nichamtonu, Akiva Nichamtonu. The end of Masech Temakis, the Gemara tells us the story as we're going to learn in the Sikha. Reb Akiva comforting and consoling the Chachamim. Rebbe is going to explore every detail of the story. He's going to explain to us the depth of the story and the lesson we can take of how we can be comforted even in the depth and the darkness of Galus. And the fact that the Pasuk repeats Nachamu two times, be comforted, be comforted, my people, which is the Haftarah of the Shabbos after Tisha B'Av, Zabter Medris, the Medris says, Loku Bikiflayim, they were smitten twice, Musnacham Bikiflayim, and therefore the comfort, the consolation comes in a double portion. The comfort, the consolation that the Abishta gives to the Yidden is going to be twice or, or, or double. So we have to understand what does it mean a double uh, comfort or a double consolation. The fact that he didn't suffer twice, two bati mikdashes or so, whatever, however else we're going to learn it, it's a, it's a double amount of, of suffering. But the nechama, once the nechama comes, what does it mean a double nechama? On the other hand, there is a question in the other way. Why is it something special? That the com the consolation is in a double portion. Vibaldas the loku is given bikiflaim. Since the Abishter or since the Yidden were smitten, were punished, were, they, they they struggled, they suffered on a on twice on a double level. So of course the nechama has to be double. So on the one hand, what does it mean the double nechama? On the other hand, what? How else could the nechama be if not double? We'll understand this by first explaining the Gemara at the end of Masech Tamakis. Also there we find a double expression of consolation. Also there it's talking about the destruction of the Mesa Migdash and the Golos that ensued, as we will see, the, 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 the success of Rome and the destruction of the Mesa Migdash is the nature of those stories. One of them, Kumter Kefaloshin Nichamtono, and is on that uh, Golos that there is this double Lashin of Nichamtono from the sages to the Bakiva. So, therefore, we're going to learn that story, and by understanding that story, we'll understand the Nachamu Nachamu Ami as well. And as we know, the things that are in Tereshu Bixav, such as the Pasuk Nachamu Nachamu Ami, which is in the Sefer Yeshaya, which is part of Tereshu Bixav, could be learned and understood from things that are discussed in Tereshu Bixav. Such as the Gemara in Makis, as other have done. So, also by understanding the Gemara in Makis, we'll be able to understand the Taich of the Psukim of the Posik Nachamu Nachamu Ami. We see Mesech the Makis of the Gemara, the end of Mesech the Makis, the Gemara tells the following two anecdotes. Rabban Gamliel and Rabban Azariah and Rabban Yeshua and Rabban Akiva were traveling. They were on the way to Rome. They were able to hear the sounds, the hubbub of the, 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 what was going on in the plaza of Rome. There's different types into the word miplata. One of them is the plaza, the center. The center of Rome was so bustling that they could hear the sounds of it 120 mil away. 
So the other sages began to cry. But Rabbi Akiva Mesachek and Rabbi Akiva began to smile or to laugh. So they said to him, why are you laughing? So he says to them, why are you crying? So they say to him, These are Gentiles who are worshipping idols and bringing incense to the idols. They are sitting in safety and security. But us, our house, the house of Hashem, the house that is the, foot, the footstool of Hashem, is burned in fire. We shouldn't cry. This is why I'm laughing. If those who transgress his will receive such abundance, such reward, how much more so will those of us who fulfill the will of Hashem receive from Hashem? So Rakiva sees a positive outcome, a positive future, and therefore he laughs. Again, as we'll see later, the Rebbe says it must have been at a different time. They're traveling to Yerushalayim. Uh, sorry. When they came to Mount Scopus, a place that you could see the Beis Amikdash or the place of the Beis Amikdash from there, they, as the halacha required them to do, they rent their garments. When they came to the Harabais, to the Temple Mount, they saw a fox running around in the place that originally was the exact spot of the Kedosh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies. They began to cry. It was laughing. Why do you laugh? So he says to them, why are you, cry why, why are you crying? A place on which it says that a Zor, a stranger, and this means even a Koyin, cannot approach there. Uh, otherwise he will die. It means to say it was so holy that no one can go there. Now this is being trampled by foxes. We shouldn't cry. Says it, this is why I'm laughing. It says in the Pasik, I will appoint two faithful witnesses. How do they become a, a group, a unit? Uriah was in the time of the first base of Mikdash, and Zechariah was in the time of the second base of Mikdash. So, what does what the, the Navi mean when he says that he's appointing Edom, Uriah, and Zechariah? Ella says Rabbi Akiva, we learn from this Pasik that Tala of Uriah, that the Abishter interconnects the prophecy of Zechariah and the prophecy of Uriah. But, Uriah, but with regards to Uriah, it says, and this is a pasuk from the Sefer Micha. Lochem beglalchem tzi and sada techres because of you tzian, which means Yerushalayim will be plowed like a field. Vegaimer, which is the which is a uh, a story a, a a prophecy of of doom of destruction. The time will come that elderly men and women will sit and will spend time in the streets of Yerushalayim, which is a prophecy of redemption. Until I did not see the fulfillment of the prophecy of Uriah, I was afraid that Zechariah's prophecy won't be fulfilled. Now that I see that Uriah's prophecy was fulfilled, Yerushalayim, the, the Harabai is, 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 is looking like a field. Foxes are running, are running around on it. 
I'm now certain that the Nevoah, the prophecy of Zechariah, will be fulfilled, and therefore I'm laughing. So they said to him in these words, Akiva nichamtanu, Akiva nichamtanu, Akiva, you have consoled us, Akiva, you have consoled us. So that's the story, and that's the end of Masech Damakis. It's actually very interesting that uh, uh, that when you look in the in the Mepharshim on the page, the Tesfis, and in this case, Rabbeinu Gershim, um, both of them finish their Pirush Amasech Damakis with a Tefillah from Mashiach. I think Rabbeinu Gershim ends Shibana Beis Amigdash, and and Tesfis ends that we should be zeichet to the coming of Mashiach Amin Sela. So not only does the Masech of the Gemara end Akivin Nechamtano, but also the Mepharshim, the Rabbeinu Gershim, and Tesfis also end Masech Damakis with a prayer for the Geula. The story that we just learned, this chilek of Gemara, it belongs to the Agadata. Agadata are the stories and the homiletics that, that, that the Gemara discusses. And generally speaking, we know the rule that you can't learn a halacha from Agadah. A story that happened that someone did something kach kach, or, or a, a pshetel that's, I shouldn't say a pshetel, or something that's learned in, in, in a pasik that's a, more of a, a, a more of a drasha, is not necessarily, can, can it be used for halacha? Is That only works if the two are contradicting. If the halacha says kach v'kach, and then comes an agadah, that seems to contradict. You say you don't learn halacha from agadah. But if they're not contradicting with each other, you could use agadah to gemara as as a as a lesson for halacha. Even if you would say that you that even they're not a stira, still you won't you wouldn't learn a mice of a an actual din from an agadata. But to learn a svara, a reasoning, an idea in halacha could be learned, could be derived from a story of agadata. Additionally, this story of the Gemara is not just an Agadata, which is a, a, a drash in a Pasuk. It's actually a story during which the, the, the greats of amongst the Tanoim, who were halachic authorities, how they conducted themselves. And the Braisa lists their names, including the name of Rabbi which we learned that everything we paskin like Rabbi Akiva. So, we, we can understand that A, because the halacha and Agada are not bestida, B, because it's a svara bahalacha, and C, because it was a maiserav. Obviously, once we understand this Agada to Gemara, the story, these two stories of Rabbi Akiva and the other sages, we'll be able to, to, to derive halachic ideas from this as well. Especially since in the second story, it's not doesn't just tell us the, the, the events that occurred. They were crying, they were laughing, he, he was laughing, but rather it tells us also an action, a halachic deed. When they came to Mount Scopus, they actually rent their garments. The din which Rabbi explains, because that was the din to do. So clearly, there is there is there is halacha that could be learned from these stories, which is what's going to happen in the sikha. Al pikal from
So now that we know that we have a story and that we're able to not just take the story, you know, the Amalek says, Akasha Fama You can't ask a question on the story. But here, this is not just a story. This is a story from which we're going to learn the halacha. What was it about Kiva hold? What, is the, what, what do the other Chachamim hold? So if I could learn from this, I have to right away ask the question. Ubalosh Nashas Bekam and Mokemis, as the Gemara asks in numerous places, Bemaikam Ifligi. What are the halachic reasonings with which Rabbi Akiva and the other Chachamim argue with each other? And on the two extremes, on one extreme, these Chachamim were crying, Rabbi Akiva was laughing. Even though the Gemara concludes that they said, Akiva, you comforted us, which means that to a certain degree they accepted Rebbe Akiva's side. But it doesn't mean that the fact that they originally were crying was, was wrong. Clearly that also has a, a reasoning, a, a, a backup in Halacha. Especially in the first story, it doesn't say that they said, Akiva, you comforted us. As we see this clearly from the Gemara, the fact that Akiva gave them a perspective, he said to them by the, by the first story, that if the transgressors of Hashem's will receive this, how much more so will those who fulfill Hashem's will? So that was a beautiful thing to say, but this did not stop them from crying the second time around. The second time, which is, you can't say that the other one happened first, because the Gemara says, Shuf. It, happened, it happened again. So they had a conversation at some point in time, in which they cried, the Bekiva laughed, the Bekiva gave them a, a change of perspective, and they didn't respond to him, at least not, the Gemara doesn't say any response. But then, sometime later, they're having a similar experience and they cry again, which means whatever Abakiva said to them did not change them their mind enough that they shouldn't cry again. So obviously they have a different approach to this than Abakiva does. So the question is going to be, what is the approach of, of, the, of the Tanoim that did cry? And what is the approach of Abakiva uh, that Abakiva laughed? So that's the general question. We have to understand what is, what is what is the, the the behind the scenes? What is the source or the root of their opinions that causes these sages to cry while it causes this sage Rabbi Akiva to laugh? In Siv Gimel, the Rabbi is going to list another list. The Rabbi is going to ask another eight questions on the details of the stories. And Another 19 that points out that, that some of these questions are mentioned in other Mepharshim as well that discuss this, and there are in those Mepharshim other answers. The Chiddush of the Sikha here is going to be that the Rebbe is going to give us an approach that actually answers all the questions and gives us a much deeper understanding into the story and into what was the dialogue between Rabbi Kiva and the, and the sages. Aleph, question number one. What is the Bakiva asking them? Why are you crying? It's very obvious. When you hear the success, the sounds of the masses of Rome, which are the ones who destroyed the second Besamikdash, especially in the second story, where you see the Besamikdash in the, the extent of the destruction. A fox running out from the place where the Kedush HaKadoshim was. It clearly brings out within a person mourning and crying. 
So what are you saying? Why are you crying? What do you mean why are you crying? Look what's going on. Rome is Rome is successful. Our base Amigdus is destroyed. Of course we're crying. Base Nachman is I think the second question makes it first even stronger. It said in the second story, the when they came to Haratzeifim to Mount Scopus, they rent their garments. It doesn't specify that it was only the Chachamim and not the Bakiva. So clearly the Bakiva also uh, tore his garments. And as, our, and as the Nebuchadnezzar Geshem explains, that's, that's the din. Which means that the Bakiva was also saddened for the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. So why is he asking them, why are you crying? He knows why they're crying. He himself uh, ripped his garments and saw and, and, and sees the Churban. Gimel, next question. The Pasuk Azara Kod of Yumas is referring not to the fact that a, a Zor cannot go in, a Zor, a non-Koyan, cannot, or a non-Koyan, non, non uh, non cannot go in to the Kedosh HaKadoshim. Hazara Kod of Yumas is not talking about the Kedosh Hazara Kod of Yumas is talking about that you're not allowed to do a Voida in the Beis HaMikdash. And since the Tanoim here wanted to emphasize the, 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 the prohibition of entering into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, they should have brought a different Pasek, where it says in the beginning of Parshish Achrei that he should not go at any time into the Kodesh. We're over there, it's talking about the Kohen Gadol, not going into the Kodesh HaKadoshim of the rest of the year. If they want to highlight the value, the importance of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, why bring Hazara Kodev Yumas, which is about going into the, doing Avedah in the, the, the entire Beis HaMikdash, why not mention the Pasik that highlights the, the importance, the, the holiness of the Kodesh HaKadoshim? Dalit, question four. What is the Bakiva thinking when he says, until I didn't see the fulfillment of the prophecy of Uriah, I was afraid that the prophecy of Zechariah wouldn't be fulfilled. Why would I think, why, how could it even be possible that a prophecy should not be fulfilled? Especially since there is a teaching of Chazal and Mesech Tebrachis called any utterance that comes from the mouth of Hashem for the good, any promise, any positive thing that the Ebister tells us, even if the promise was conditional, if you do this, then you'll have this. The Ebister does not renege on that. The Abishta does, does not go back on a, on, a, on a positive thing that he said. So why would the Rabakiva think and be worried that Zechariah's Nevoah wouldn't be fulfilled? Hey, why does the Rabakiva, when he wants to describe the prophecy of the destruction, why does he bring the Pasuk, and not any other previous uh, prophecy about the destruction and about the redemption? And uh, it, just to, to point out that the words "tzi" uh, and "sod techrash" were not were not uh, uh, said by were, are not written anywhere as said by Uriah. And Tesfus and other Mefarshim discuss what's the connection "tzi" and "sod techrash." Another and, and the answer, the, the basic answer is, is that Uriah prophesied about 
the Churban Bayis Rishon, and therefore the Psukim of the Churban Bayis Rishon, uh, any of those Psukim, even if it's brought in, a, in, in Sefer Micha, is can also be, be, be used to describe the, the, the prophecy of Uriah. So why does, so the question that Rebbe asks is why Davke this Pasuk? See, a question of why is it necessary to mention the names? What's important to know is that Rabbi Kiva had a different opinion. In other places we find where a group of Tanoim uh, or Chachamim were going, and one, one's name is important, it would say, Rebbe Kiva Uskenim, or Rebbe Kiva Bechaveirov, or Rebbe Kiva Vitalmidov, depending on what the scenario is. But why, why did it have to mention the other names? Why couldn't it just say, Rebbe Kiva Uskenim? Question Zayim. Parvos, Abedi Chachamim, nor Badim Sveitin, Muda Gezokt, after Tshuva from Rebbe Kiva, Akiva Nechamtono, Nidba Demarishin, why do the Chachamim answer, Akiva, you have comforted us only, but in the second story, and not in the first story. They said to him exactly like this, Akiva, you have comforted us, Akiva, you have comforted us. Why is there a double expression here? And the specification that they said so in exactly these words. The Masha answers question seven and eight. He answers them with each other. They said it twice to refer to the two events. In other words, Akiva Nechamtano, Akiva Nechamtano is referring to this event here that's happening by the by the Harabais and the other one that happened earlier at uh, by the on the way to Rome. That's what the Marsha says. But this this question, this answer requires more explanation. The two events occurred at different times and at different places. The first story was happening on the way to Rome. When the Tzvei Teshuv, the second story happened on the way to Yerushalayim. So how could they be brought together as one with the same answer if something happened a while later? Why would they answer now to something that happened earlier? If they were comforted by that, they should have said it then, Akiva Nechamtano. And if not, then they, and now they are comforted, they could say it now, but why say it twice, once for the past? In Sif Dalad, the Rebbe is going to suggest that we know that Rabbi Kiva was said, that a person should be should accustom himself to saying that whatever the Bishop does is for the good. So maybe this is the this is the gang, this is the approach of this story, that Rabbi Kiva was seeing the positive in a negative event. And the Rebbe is going to refute that. In Sif Hay, the number of questions. On a basic level, we could try to explain that in both events, you could see a common theme between the approach of the other sages versus the approach of Rabbi Akiva. The other sages saw the negative in what happened. Rabbi Kiva saw, even in the negative, he saw the ultimate good. Rabbi Kiva gave us a little and Rabbi Kiva is following his shita, his general approach to this matter. As the Rabbi Kiva says, in the Gemara in Baruches, a person should always accustom himself to saying, 
to say, Kol David Rachman, Latav Ovid, everything that Abishar does is for the good. And the Gemara did sell dart. Azay is given Zayon Hagav Pale, and the Gemara says over there in Gemara Brachas that that was how Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva actually conducted himself. And over there, there's a very famous story that Rabbi Akiva was traveling and he wanted to go to stay over the night in a certain city and they didn't let him into the city. Then he went into the forest and over there, a cat came and took his, his rooster. And a, dog, and a lion came and took his donkey. And the wind came and extinguished his, his candle. He was left in the dark. And he said, That it must be for the good. And then in the morning, he discovered that there were bandits that attacked the city. And had he been in the city, he would have been... He would have been captured, and had he had and had his animals been making noise or his candle been uh, 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 kindled and uh, spreading light, he would have attracted the bandits. So he so Yitaka saw that whatever they does is for the good. And therefore, you could also explain why the Gemara brings these two stories together as one, even though they happen in different times and places. It's not just because these stories happen with the same protagonists, but rather the reason that the Gemara brings both stories together is because in both stories you see very clearly this approach of Rabbi Akiva. That to see in the present, in everything, Every, in every experience that you have to see the positive and the good that will come from it in the future. This is the Kamifligi. This is, this, is, this is what the Gemara is telling us. The Bakiva has a shita to always see the positive. And therefore, when he saw the destruction, he saw the success of Rome, he saw the ultimate schar that Yidin are going to receive. And when he saw the destruction of the Bezamigdash, he saw the ultimate Geula that was going to come as expressed in the Nevu of Zechariah. Oh, but I'll be an However, but this leaves us with a couple of questions. I lived this nichas from the Alderai. What's the necessity of all three stories of, of, of the story of Rabbi Kiva and Brachis and the two stories that happen here? What is the chiddush and shittas of Rabbi Kiva and the bedus sepurim unin leimar called David Rachman l'tavavit? What is this? What is what? What do we uncover? What do we learn about the shita of Rabbi Kiva in these two stories? And what do we know about the shita of Rabbi Kiva in saying that, that everything the Abishah does l'tavavit is for the good? Once you know his shita, you know it. You know it. You know it already. Why do we need more stories to tell us the same thing? If the entire if the entirety of these two stories is to tell us, to show us that Rabbi Kiva sees the good in, even in the bad, then why do we need two more stories? We already know the story in Gemara Brachis. Beis. This concept that a person should accustom himself to saying that everything that Abisha does is for the good is a rule, and we find no arguments to this. And even Shulchan Aruch brings it as a psak, as a ruling. So it doesn't really make sense to say that these Tanoim should argue on this. So it could be you see Rabbi Kiva's Shita, but why would you think that, that, that the Chachamim are arguing with him? And not only that, but in the second story where, where they where they tell it about Kiva that he comforted them, it doesn't mean they changed their opinion. It means they felt better, they felt comforted. But it doesn't mean that they felt that they shouldn't be crying. It doesn't mean that they felt that they shouldn't have cried. So it still doesn't explain the two opinions. It explains about Kiva's opinion, but it doesn't explain why the other Tanoim are arguing with him. Gimel, Lefianal, if that was the extent of Rabbi Kiva's argument, Rabbi Kiva is an African, I was arguing because he does it. Rabbi Kiva should have said this. Called David Rachman on the top of it. And the Rachman says, "Murchad did I a protest?" 
And then if it's necessary, Rabbi Akiva could explain what he's saying. He could explain himself. Because, etc., etc. But to sort of avoid the, the, the crux of the issue, seems to imply that that isn't the issue here. Otherwise, Rabbi Kiva would have said that. So, we asked Michael Miflagim, what's the argument of the, of the Rabbi Kiva and the other sages? Why did Rabbi Kiva ask them why they're crying? Especially since Rabbi Kiva himself uh, uh, rent his garments. Why does the Pasuk use, uh, why, does it, why does he use the Pasuk as Arakar of Yumas? Why would, he, why would he think that Zechariah's prophecy wouldn't be fulfilled? Why do we use the Pasuk Tzins of the Tehrash? Why does the Gemara mention the names of the sages? Why does the Gemara say, why do they say Akiva Nechamtanu only on the second story? And why do they say Akiva Nechamtanu, Akiva Nechamtanu twice? And if you're going to say to me, that, 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 to answer the Michael Mifligi, that Rabbi Kiva is going to Shitase of Kol Ma'adavid Rahman Latav Avid, then number one, why do I need more stories to tell me the same thing? Number two, why did the Chachamim argue with him? And number three, why didn't Rabbi Kiva say that? So now we have to understand the story. In Sivav and Zayin and Ches, the Rebbe is going to explain to us the dialogue between Rabbi Kiva and the Chachamim and answer some of the questions along the way. Then we're going to go back to the Michael Mifligi. What is the what is the source of their argument? So we'll understand all this by first understanding. Uh, let's understand the Gemara. One of the questions we had is why does Rabbi Kiva ask them why they're crying? Their time of the The reason Rabbi Kiva is surprised at the fact that they're crying is because they only started crying once they heard the sounds of Rome. They knew the base. They, they knew Rome was 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 a superpower, but once they heard it, they started crying. So obviously, they're crying not because they because Rome is in power. They knew that before they went. As a matter of fact, the whole reason they were going to Rome was to try to nullify some of the decrees against the Yidin, which, impl- which implies the power of Rome and the intensity of Gullus. So they knew that Rome was in power. But all of a sudden now they start crying. Similarly in the second story, they didn't cry because of the destruction. Especially since we know that for the Khurban they ripped their clothes, but they didn't necessarily cry. Only after they saw the shul, the, the, the fox, only then did they begin to cry. And that's why the Bakiva asks them, why do you cry? What happened now was to leave them in the modern terminology. What was the trigger? Well, they knew of the success of Rome and they knew of the Chorban Beis Amikdash. So Rabbi Kiva says to them, What happened now? What triggered you that now you should start crying? So, what do they say to Rabbi Kiva? These Idle worshippers are sitting safe and secure. Us, the house, our home, the uh, of Hashem is burnt up in fire. In the very fact that the Rome is in a in a state of safety and security in material worldly 
matters. That did not matter to them to the point that it should lead them to crying. On the contrary, the fact that that the that the Roman government is in power and and such power is actually a favor for the Yidden. Why? refers to the base Amigdash. The base Amigdash is gonna be is gonna fall through the mighty. Because when it comes to shame, to embarrassment, it depends on who is the provocator and who is being provoked. When somebody, uh, uh, um, at least somebody important, embarrasses somebody, so at least he's, he's getting attention from somebody important. Is the busha feel So it's less of a shame when they get taken down by a powerful kingdom. If it was some third world country that came in with half an army and they were able to destroy the Yidin, that would be much more embarrassing. At least it took a mighty army. No, they didn't go down easy. They took a mighty army to destroy, destroy the Yidin. So the fact that Rome is in power, that doesn't, that, that doesn't cause them to cry. <laughs> And this also explains why in their, in their answer, they don't address the fact that the Romans are the ones who destroyed the base of They don't say, hey, they destroyed us and they're so successful. They didn't touch upon that. Because the fact that it was Rome that destroyed the base of that actually diminishes the, the feelings of shame. For the Churban Beis Amikdash. So that's not what's bothering them, the fact that Rome had power. The fact that these two things are simultaneous, that the Beis Amikdash is destroyed, and at the very same time, Rome is in power, that bothers them. Because it's a chilusem shemayim neisav a chilusem yisrael. Because this is a desecration of the Eibushter's name, and a desecration for, uh, uh, of the Yidden's name. In other words, if they have power, fine, they have power. But if they have power at the same time that we are in the dumps, that's a chil Hashem. Nochmer, and let's take this a step a step further. Since the whole reason that Rome was powerful was in order to fulfill the prophecy that Levon and the Beis Amigdos will fall in the hands of the mighty. So they're asking, why should Rome still be in power? Now that the base Amigdash was destroyed, and they did, they played their part, so to speak, in the in, in the in the story of history. Now they should become irrelevant. Now they should lose their power. There's no need for it anymore. We already fulfilled the the prophecy of of So this is what's bothering them in the first story, the Chilul Hashem, that Rome should have power while the base Amigdash is destroyed. And not only that, the whole reason they had power in the first place was in order to, uh, to, to fulfill that the Beisamimim should fall in the hands of the mighty. And now that the Beisamimim has fallen, there's no need for Rome to continue their power. Similarly, we have in the second story. 
When the, the seeing the fox going out of the base kotshe kotshim, here they see a, a deeper and stronger desecration of the name of Hashem and the name of the Yidin. As a mokim shekasov bevazara kariv yumas, as kain id tar dirt nita filu den antenitzich, a place upon which it says that no yid can even get close to it. Bita filu akain gadol. Der kotshe akedashim, the kedush akedashim from Eden, tar dirt nita rain. Is that even a kain gadol, who is the holiest of all Jews, cannot enter there? Oiserein malayar yim kipper ubezeis dafke yavei. He can only go dafke on yim kipper and in a very specific manner. Oichel echen zich v'yazor kol yim ha'shana. The kain gadol is considered a czar, a stranger. The rest of the year, besides yim kipper, when achshav to alam hilchubei. And now foxes are running around there. The says, the Nukudif is there, Tain is given. It was decreed by Hashem that the base should be destroyed and Yidin should be expelled into exile. But why does it have to be accompanied by such a Chil Hashem, by such a desecration? Malchus Remi does not need to remain in power after the Beis Migdash was already destroyed. Based in the Vuas Achurub and seeing such a Tachras, this prophecy that Tzia and Yerushalayim will be plowed like a field, it could have been fulfilled in other parts of the Beis Migdash. Not only in the place of the Kedush Hakadosh and Ortu Afilu, but again, the Meilix and Eden is on Gezagavan of Azara Kod of Yumas. And not, not that it should be in a place where even the holiest of Yidin is called a czar and can't and, and can't go there the rest of the year besides for Yom Kippur. And the Rebbe brings in order forty two that that this is the answer to the question why he says Vahazara Kariv Yumos why why we use that pasuk this was question number question number Gimel in Siv Gimel. Because he wants to emphasize the Zor, the Zor accord of Yumos. Even the Kayin Gadol is called a Zor, is a stranger, Lugabi, this, Lugabi, this, this space. And now there's faxes running around over there. So, so the, 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 the answer to the question of Mipnei Ma'atem Boichim, Rebbe Kiva was asking them, what happened now that caused you to want to cry? Not to want to, but to cause you to cry. And they answered, it was, it's the Chil Hashem. We know that Rome has to be powerful at some point. We know that Vesemitius was destroyed. But the Chil Hashem, that Rome should continue their power, and that the Vesemitius' destruction should be to such a degree that that hurt them so badly that it caused them to cry. Then what Rebbe Kiva again, for Rebbe Kiva answers to them, it's true that the fact that Rome is in power, in such, in such power, at the same time that the Beis Amikdush is destroyed, this is a desecration of Hashem's name, and a desecration of the name of the Yidin. But because of this, this will cause that the reward and goodness, and good that's waiting, the Yidin will be in an extra measure. Because if this is what the transgressors receive, how much more so do those who fulfill the Abishters will receive? Even in the success of Rome, and even in the desecration of Hashem's name and the Yidin's name that occurred because of it, Rebakiva saw the good that ultimately, that subsequently is going to come from it. 
Since the nevuah of the Khurban was fulfilled, the prophecy of the Khurban of the destruction was fulfilled in the most intense manner, to the point that a fox goes out from the place of the holiest of holies, as the nevuah, as the nevuah, so this is a proof that the prophecy of Zachary will also be in the most intense way. And this answers the question. We asked, did Rabbi Kiva doubt the prophecy, the fulfillment of the prophecy of Zachariah? He He had no doubt that the Nebuah will, will, will be fulfilled. Their suffolk is given or an eifenail akium. But what he did not know is to what degree will the prophecy be, be fulfilled. See, but taklisili or it will it be in the highest level or not necessarily? We find other promises. The Abish just says something is going to be, but the, how it happens is dependent on us or dependent on other things. So we don't necessarily know from the promise how it's going to play itself out. Now that Abakiva sees that the Khurbin is to the greatest extent. He learns from this that the Geula will be to the greatest extent. And it brings an example of things that you, that, that you can't necessarily know how, what, how it will play itself out. For example, it says that it will be, uh, it'll be plowed like a field. On one level, it could be it'll grow. You'll be able to gather your grain. Or it could be that it'll grow, like it says by Yitzchak Avinu, a hundred times. Of what he planted, he got back a hundredfold. Nochmer, chitim kikloyes. Or it could be more than that. In the Gemara, in Tainus, says that in the times of Shimon ben Shetach, the rain came down uh, so much on Wednesday nights and on Friday nights, which are the, which are the best times for it to rain, that the that the, uh, the the chitim, the wheat, it grew to the size of kidneys, which is very, very big for a, for a wheat stock. Or as it says in the prophecy uh, in, in the Navi in Amos, it says uh, uh, that it actually explains that the, the, the plower will not have enough time to finish plowing. It'll already be time to start cutting. It's going to grow so much. So this is four different ways that Sada Tachras could play itself out. Either a basic grain, or a hundred times, or wheat that is the size of kidneys, or it's growing so much that you're you're still plowing and it's already growing. And then when he saw the fulfillment of the prophecy of, of destruction by Uriah, he saw that also the redemption, the prophecy of redemption will be fulfilled in the greatest possible way. This also answers the question why Rabbi Kiva uses the Pasik seen Sada Tachrash, specifically that Pasik, uh, to describe the, the, the destruction. A piece is moving us, I bring Todd Afkid in the Vuot seen Sada Tachrash. The need for Harisha Sada, the plowing of a field, which is basically crushing up the soil, is neat of Kali Machede Sada, but it's not done to destroy the field. The, the plowing is a necessity in order for the field to reach its potential. The give produce. If you plow the field, then what grows later could be proper, done, could, could come out properly. And the more you plow the field, then 
the, the, the planting and the growing is better and better based on how, on how much the field was plowed. The destruction of the Besamikdash is compared to a plowing. And through the plowing, through the destruction, comes the greatness of the growing, the flourishing of the redemption. sees that the destruction, the plowing was done to the nth degree. To the place of the Kedush HaKadoshim This proved to him That the Geula, the, the, the growing That's going to come after the plowing Is going to be on the best possible level So we've answered some of our questions We asked why did he say And he said And the answer is because he was looking specifically At why they, why they were crying now And not, and, and not earlier Rakiva ripped his clothes because it was Taka's sad thing. The Churban Beis was there. But I still didn't answer the question to him. Why did they start crying when they saw Shul? Why does it mean by Azara Kod of Yumas? Because they're trying to, to explain the, the holiness of the Kedus HaKadoshim that even a Kohen Gadol is called Azar. Why did Rakiva, what did Rakiva mean when he said, I didn't know if Zechariah and Avi's uh, Nevoah would be fulfilled. He meant to say, I didn't know on what level. I didn't know if it'll be in the best possible way or not. And only after I saw the, the level of destruction do I know that, what the level of the Geula will be. And why does it being seen in the Tachrash? Because this Pasuk emphasizes this Nakuda That in the plowing, the plowing is actually the beginning of the redemption. It's, it's, it's the beginning of the, of the process of growing. When he saw the sea in the Tachrash, he knew that this was, a, this was a plowing, a, a destruction that leads to the ultimate growing, to the ultimate Geula. We still have not addressed in the, in the second, in, in, in the Sea of Gimel, the names of the Tanoim, why Akiva Nichamtonu was on the second one, and why it says Akiva Nichamtonu twice. But now, in Siv Tesson on, the Rebbe is now based, now that we understand the argument, the, the dialogue, we understand what, 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 what was bothering them, and what Rebbe Akiva, was, uh, what Rebbe Akiva responded to them, now we could understand the Bimaika Miflaki. Now we can understand what was, is the source of their argument, what are, what, uh, what are their approaches based on. Siv Tess. And now we can understand the different opinions of the of the Rakiva of the Tanoim. As is Anatoly and Ashaila close was mitzvahs, their argument depends on a general question which we find its relevance by various different mitzvahs. Do you have to look at and sometimes uh, overpower the present? over something that's going to become relevant in the future. If I have a mitzvah right now, but this mitzvah has uh, ramifications or will impact a mitzvah that's coming in the future, do I look at what I have to do right now despite or regardless of its long-term effects? Or do I look at the whole picture, the future as well, and decide the present based on the future? And then it brings an example, Al-Darach dugma in the order, the Rebbe says it's not a perfect dogma, but it's a dogma. It'll, gi- it'll, it'll give us an understanding of what the Rebbe is trying to say. A person that's sick, and the doctors tell him that if he fasts on same gedalia, he will not be able to fast on Yom Kippur. So now he has a question. Should he fast in Sem Gedalia, which is an obligation that comes from the times of the Nevi'im, but is not a Chiyuv de'iraisa? Even though this means that he may not be able to fast 
or that he will not be able to fast on Yom Kippur, on their turn and fast the same Gedalia, because he cannot fast on Yom Kippur. Or we're going to say, no, you're not allowed to fast on Yom Gedalia. Yom Kippur is a Chiyuv Deirai, so you can't not fast on Yom Kippur, and therefore it, you can't now put yourself in a situation that will cause you to not be able to fast on Yom Kippur, and you're not allowed to fast on Yom Gedalia. So that's the question. Do I look at the present? Right now is Sim Gedalia. Right now I have an obligation to fast, and therefore I'm going to fast now, despite the long-term effects of it. Or do I look at the future and say, I can't do something now that will hurt or negatively affect the future? That's the question that's asked in, in when it comes to various different mitzvahs. And based on this, we can understand the argument between the Bakiva and the other Tanoim with regards to the situation that there is currently, at that time, there is a Chilul Shem Shamayim going on. The fact that Rome is in power and the fact that there's a Shul in the Beis Amikdash, this is a Chilul Shem Shamayim and Chilul Shem Yisrael. But it will ultimately lead to an advantage for the Yidin and to a greater Kiddush Hashem. So do I look at the, at the, at the Chilul Hashem that's happening now or at the Kiddush Hashem that's going to happen? The fact that right now there's a Chil Hashem happening, it doesn't matter what's going to happen later. We focus on what's happening right now. Since what's happening right now is the contrary to the sanctification of the Abish's name and the sanctification of the name of Eden, it is so terrible as his brain it leads to crying. They're saying right now there's a terrible Chil Hashem happening. And therefore it's so bad that they begin to cry. Rabbi Kiva says that even right now, what overpowers is the outcome, is the future. Since what's happening now, the Chil Hashem that's happening now, will actually lead to a greater Kiddush Hashem, Shem Hashem, Shem Yisrael, this influences him in the present that he should be happy and he laughs. Because he says like this, he says it's true that there's a Chil Hashem going on right now. But this Chil Hashem is actually going to lead to a Kiddush Hashem. A greater Kiddush Hashem than we would have now if we took away this Chil Hashem. And therefore, the future, the, chil, the future Kiddush Hashem that's going to happen makes the Kiva happy in the present and he laughs. So this is one explanation to explain the machlekes of Rabbi Kiva and the Tanoim. Rabbi Kiva, uh, the Tanoim say you look in the present, in the present there's a chil Hashem going on. This is, this is crying worthy. Rabbi Kiva says, we don't just look at the present, we look at the future. This, what's happening now, is going to lead to a Kiddush Hashem, and therefore even now we could already be happy for the, for the Kiddush Hashem that is yet to come. And so if you, the Rabbi is going to give us a second explanation. This machlekes actually is also dependent on another question that is discussed in the Achreinim and in a way has even more relevance to, um, to, this, to this situation. Now, in 56, the Rebbe explains that Kiddush Hashem and Chilul Hashem 
is 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 one thing. It's the same. A kiddush Hashem is the opposite of chilas Hashem. is the opposite of kiddush Hashem. But in the discussion that we're about to have, it'll be two separate details, and the question is going to be which of the details is more important, as we'll see. And this is more similar to the discussion here, where there's two different events happening, one now and one later. And here's the discussion. Should a person focus on getting, doing this mitzvah with all of its components, despite the fact that it won't be done in the most beautiful way? But if you want to do it in the most beautiful way, there might be missing some components, obviously not, components that are absolutely necessary to the mitzvah, but nevertheless, they're part of the mitzvah. So some of these are going to lack. So on the one hand, you could you could do all the pratim, all the details, but it'll lack hidur, it'll lack the beautification of the mitzvah. Or you could do hidur, the the, beautify the mitzvah, but it might lack some of the details, or a detail. Is the shayla vasaz machriya? And the question becomes, what overpowers what? Do you say that what's most important is to do the mitzvah with all of its details? With all of its parts. Or you might be missing some parts, but at least the way it's done is being done in the most beautiful way. Here too, the Rebbe brings an example. A, a very known discussion in the Achreinim with regards to Bris Mila. If a person is going to do the, the Bris early in the morning, as the, as the rule is, that you're supposed to hasten to do a mitzvah, that fell in Then it'll lack in the in, in the multitudes of people that would attend, and it wouldn't be beautiful. If we would postpone the bris for later in the day, obviously in the same day, because clearly you can't do a bris after the eighth day unless for uh, medical reasons. So we're talking about the same day, but you can do it a few hours later. So you'll have the You'll have the beauty of it because it'll be attended by many people. It will lack zizn magdim, and it will lack the fact that you're supposed to do it as soon as possible. But, but you will be able to fulfill the beautification of the mitzvah because of the multitudes of people. Vasas machriya and the achreina discuss what is more important. The, to, do the, to do the bris early, zizn magdimin, which means to do the bris with all of its details, but lacking the hidur, or to do the bris later, where you'll have the hidur, but you'll be missing the detail of Zvizan Magdimin. And there's other examples of things that if you postpone a certain mitzvah, it could be done more beautifully and done in, in a better way. In order, in order 59, the Rebbe brings the example of Kiddush Levana. You could do it right away on the seventh day of the month, or you could wait till Mitzvah Shabbos. Well, you'll, be, you'll be dressed in Shabbos clothes. There'll be more people there. It's done more beautifully. Or the same thing is you wake up in the morning, of, of Sukkis, and you could be you could do the mitzvah right away with the Dalit minim that you have. But if you go to someone else later in the day, you'll have a more beautiful, more mohududika set of Dalit minim, lulav and esik, etc. And maybe you should wait until you have a better one. And this too is what the machlekes consist of. As Eden Dal Makumin Scharfaz and Esid say, Nevichulu. The fact that you will receive reward, and the fact that you the fact that you will receive reward, and the fact that, that there'll be when the gula comes, there'll be a kiddushim shemayim b'shem yisrael that they weren't arguing about. Everyone realized 
like Rabbi Kiva pointed out to them, that there is incredible reward waiting for those who fulfill the Abister's will. And when Mashiach comes, it'll be the biggest Kiddush Hashem and the biggest Kiddush Hashem The Shaila is like this. The Malchus Remi, which were idol worshippers. They're sitting in safety and security while the base of Mikdash is destroyed. The, the, the fox that's running around in the place of the Kedash Gadashim, Malchus Shakasabe Vazara Kar of Yumas. Is the Hashin Istan in Yafakil Shemshamayim. Achisarden, that's a Minifakil Shemshamayim. So this is a desecration, which means what we're lacking is. What we're lacking is, a, is the very concept of Kiddush Hashem is lacking. On the other hand, the fact that the Yidin are going to get a major reward and the prophecy of Zachariah will be fulfilled in the most incredible possible way is only, is only something of beautification. It's a bonus. In Eirech Yom, in Brios, Bechulu, they'll live longer, they'll be healthier, Bechalusam, in Kiddushim Shemaim. So these are little things that add into the, that, that make the Kiddush Hashem more beautiful. But it's, which is going to come later. So right now, you have the opposite of a Kiddush Hashem. And the bonuses that are coming later doesn't take away the Kiddush, the, the, the Kiddush Hashem from now. It only makes the ultimate Kiddush Hashem more beautiful. But right now, there's already a Chil Hashem. Later, the Magamlil, the Rabbi Yeshua, the Baldazit Sadach, he started an essence for Kiddush Hashem. Since right now, there is an a inherent lack in Kiddush Hashem and the sanctification of the Abishra's name, even though there anyway is in a time where there's a lack of a Kiddush Hashem. But it doesn't mean that it has to be in the way of Chilul. Now, they're experiencing Chilul. To them, it doesn't matter the fact that later, a Hidr Vaisafa in Kiddush Hashem, the Kiddush Hashem will be more beautiful or, 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 or with more details. So they cry. They say, right now, there's Pashat, the mitzvah is not being done. Is as the hidden in close the mitzvah's machriel the gabe pratin the mitzvah. Rabbi holds that the hidden mitzvah, the beautification, the perfection of the mitzvah is more important than the detail. Under far is the spada the hidden nesiv in close in the kiddush Hashem gave it off an isik in chisar and adds some from kiddush Hashem. And therefore, Rabbi Kiva holds that the fact that there's going to be a hidden a, a, a beautification to kiddush Hashem that overrides the current lack in kiddush Hashem. And therefore, Rebbe Kiva laughs. Rebbe Kiva says, you can't just look at the fact that right now there's a lack of Kiddush Hashem. You have to look at the fact that overall, we are working our way to make this a most beautiful Kiddush Hashem ever. And to Rebbe Kiva, that's the most important. And therefore, he laughs. The other Chachamim say no. It doesn't matter that there'll be a Hidr later on. What matters is that right now, the, the Kiddush Hashem is not done properly. It's missing. It's a Chil Hashem. And therefore, it's so it's so sad for them that they cry. So we have two we have two answers in the Michael Miflagi. One answer is that the argument between them is: Do you look at the present or do you look at the future? Uh, Rabbi Kiva looks at the future and therefore he he, he he laughs. The other sages look at the present and therefore they cry. Or the other answer is that the question is: Do you look at the details 
or do you look at the do you look at the detail of the mitzvah, or do you look at the hider mitzvah? Rabbi Kiva looks at the hider mitzvah and he says, in the future, the, 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 all of this is leading to a, a, a beautiful hider mitzvah, and therefore that in itself is reason enough to laugh, even though currently the situation is a situation of chilol. The other say, say just say no, it doesn't matter the hider that's coming afterwards. Right now the mitzvah is not getting done, and therefore this is sad, sad enough to cry. Sif Yudalif, the Rebbe is now going to explain to us what's the advantage, so to speak, of the second story over the first story. So far, we explained both stories side by side. And a person could ask, why do I need two stories? Technically. And in Sif Yudalif, the Rebbe is going to explain the advantage, the tzrichese, the necessity of the second story over the first story. And in three different perspectives. From the perspective of from the perspective of the discussion, whether we focus on the present or on the future, and from the perspective of the question, whether we focus on the Pratiha Mitzvah or the Hidr Mitzvah, and the details of the Mitzvah, that the Mitzvah should be done correctly or that the Mitzvah should be done beautifully. And in each of these things, we're going to see a Maila, uh, 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 something that we learn from the from the third, the second story over the other stories, which is why we need to have Sai Kalmadavid and Sai both stories in in uh, the Gemara. It'll also answer the question why they said Akiva Nichamtanu specifically on the second story. And after that, we'll answer why it says it twice. And we'll answer why it mentions the names of the Tanoi. This is more from a general perspective that the two stories are side by side, each teaching us uh, uh, um, the Machloikis between Rabbi Kiva and his colleagues. But if you go more into more detail, there'll be a, a necessity, there'll be something unique to the second story over the first story, and in the Allah that I brought to Manal, in all of the three, uh, uh, three above mentioned details. Call David Rahman al Tavavid, number one. Number two, if we look in the present as to what's going to happen in the future. And number three, if a detail of the mitzvah overrides the beautification of the entire mitzvah. The fact that Rabbi says that a person should say whatever Abish does is for the good is that Peter says, This means to tell us presently this is a negative event. But the intent of it is for the good. And we see this in the example that Rabbi Kiva brings. That the Gemara brings. The fact that he had to stay overnight in the field. Not in the city. And he lost his donkey and his chicken, his rooster. And the fact that he had no light. The outcome was that it saved his life. The actual, the actual incident was one of pain and of, of, of loss. But it had a, a, a reason why it happened. Alpiza is move on. And this is now, now we understand how this is consistent with the Gemara, with the Din the Gemara says. If something negative happens to someone, even if it'll lead to something good, for example, his field was flooded. 
Even though when the flood passes, it'll be a favor. Because it irrigated his field. But nevertheless, you still make the bracha that we make on a sad event. Because now it's bad. The field is flooded and he can't take anything from it and he can't do anything with it. And this is what we're saying, uh, Rabbi Kiva is saying, that now it's a bad thing, which is why I would make Baruch Dainamis, but I also know that it's for the good. When in them, Leymar called David to say, to say that whatever the Abish does for the good, then everyone agrees that, that when a person sees a negative event, the person should say, not yet to cry or, or to laugh, but to recognize, to say that this is for the good, Everyone agrees to that. But what happens over here? What is being introduced over here? As in the Ragufa, Shuo Shiyatsu Beis Kachikachim, Hotelevakiva Nid Place Gizendi Shpeta de Ketetsa Teva. Here, in the very negative event that was happening, a fox coming out from the Holy of Holies. Rabakiva did not just see the outcome that was going to happen in the future. No, 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 that's Gufa Gizen al Sachelik Unas Cholofan Teva. He saw this as part and parcel and the initiation of the good itself. The Abister vented his anger. When the Abister destroyed the Beis Amikdash, he, he vented and ended, got rid of his anger onto the sticks and stones. And not unto the Yidden. Under fire is ba'osaf in it b'chila osaf, nor mizmer la'osaf. In the Medrash Eicha Rabba, he brings this pasuk mizmer la'osaf. Elokim bo goyim b'nachlasecha timoseicha kachecha. It's a kina. It's a lamentation. The osaf is talking about what happened in the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. So the Medrash asks, why does it say mizmer la'osaf, not b'chila osaf, not a lamentation or 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 a cry by osaf? And the Medrash gives a marshal of a king. That is, someone's getting married, and the king built this beautiful chuppah. And he, and he, and he, and he cemented it, and he decorated it, something very, very beautiful. And then the, 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 the son ran away. So the king destroyed the chuppah, and then he was singing. So they said to him, why are you singing? You just had to destroy the chuppah of your son that you built so beautifully. Why are you singing? And he said, I'm singing that I destroyed the chuppah, and I, I didn't destroy my son. So the Abishter destroyed the Beis Mikdash. The Abister was bringing himself to get rid of his anger so he should not be angry at the Yidden. How did the Abister totally get rid of his anger? From the fact that, 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 that there was Shualim, there were foxes in the Beis Amikdash, and that Yerushalayim was destroyed, from these things, this actually caused the Abister to get rid of his anger and to begin the process of healing. In the, and therefore, Rabbi Kiva says, in the story of what happened was bad. It's just that the outcome was good. Here, what's happening now is good. The Abister is destroying the Beis Amikdash. The Abister is destroying his anger. So that way he shouldn't be angry anymore at the Yidden. And so that the Gula could begin now already. Like we'll see, like we saw with Sin Sada Tehrash. The Abister is plowing the field so that way the Gula can grow from it. In the Marishan Sipur, Rabbi, Chachazeh Dart Mesachik. 
In the first story, however, even though Rebbe Akiva was laughing, which means there was, it was better than called David. There was something positive here, more than the positivity of Kol Ma David Rachman Latavavid, but I'm skipping the brackets for a moment. It wasn't in a way that that this was the beginning of good. When Abakiva says that he's deriving from this success of Raimi of Rome, that there's going to be incredible schar, incredible reward for the Yidin, it doesn't mean that the success of Rome is the beginning of the good. So the Milo of the second story over the first story is that in the present, we're already experiencing the good of the future, which we don't see in the, in the first story. Now in the brackets, the Rebbe explains the Milo of the first story over Kolma Da'avid Rahman Latavavid. In other words, there's three things here. There's Kolma Da'avid Rahman Latavavid, then there's the first story in the Gemara, in Mak- and then the Makis. And then there's the second story. So in the brackets, the Rebbe is going to explain what's the Mila of the first story. If it doesn't, if it's not a chilek of the Toiva, then why is it an Uftu over Kol Madavid Rachman al Tavavid? So it says like this. In Kol Madavid Rachman al Tavavid, was Aleph Mezachtu Meveis Noras Dosis Latav, Meveis Obernit, as his Nit Nikir Venigla Vaster Tav is. Number one, you know that they'll be good. You know if it's coming from the Abishter, it has to be good. But what kind of good it'll be, or how good it will be, that you can't know. Bez. As is ara was letav of it. Aber eich, wenn der ganz zerinjen, wollt mit chatchil nit given, wollt eich given tav. It's a, something negative that happened that leads to good. But had the whole thing that happened in the first place, it would have also been good. Had he not had the, 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 the flame, the donkey or the, or the rooster, then he wouldn't have needed the destruction. He could have forgotten it at home or he could have not brought it with him. Then he wouldn't have needed this. So the only reason why it's needed is because something negative happened. So therefore, so therefore the, ne- the, the negativity led to something good. But it, 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 it didn't bring... To anything more than he had before. But when you look at the first story in comparison to the story of Rabbi Kiva and the donkey and the, and, and the rooster, he sees the success of the Romans and he knows the extent of the success. That the Yidden are going to have when, when, when they get it. Beis as kumtsu atiyelus umaylu from them. Merbi belavachi. Because the Romans are getting this, therefore the Abishter has to give Yidden more. So the success of the Romans actually leads the Yidden to get more. Not like in the story of Rabbi Kiva that he could have lived without the whole thing. So you have the story of which means that it was a negative event. The event itself has no positivity to it, but it led to something positive. That's step number one. However, in that story, you don't know when you say, you don't know how good it's going to be. And two, you could have lived without it. It's not going to bring you to a place that you couldn't have been without it. Then you have the story of the success of the Romans. When Rabbi Kiva laughs when they cry. Why? Because Rabbi Kiva over here is Mesachic because he already sees in the success of the Romans, he sees the, 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 it gives him a glimpse into the, the, the schar for the Yidden. 
and he knows that because this is happening to the Romans, the Yidin are going to get more than they would have had if not for this whole story. And then we have the second story where Rabbi Akiva sees good in the bad. Not that he sees that it's going to lead to something good, but the bad is the good. It's the beginning, it's the plowing of the field that's going to lead to the good. It's the Abister getting rid of his anger. So that way, the Abister could now have no anger towards the Yid. The Rebbe is going to teach us the advantage of the second story over the first story. In the perspective of these two discussions that we had previously of the Bemaiko Miflegi. Later, as Barati Titsashabas says, Machriya Demefim Pulos Amitsashabahiva, the reasoning that we explained that according to the Bakiva, the outcome in the future overrides how to do the mitzvah now. Similarly, according to the, the reasoning, that to make the mitzvah more beautiful overrides the details of the mitzvah itself. So what's happening is, is that one thing has to override the other thing. Currently, there's a lack. The mitzvah is not being done perfectly. Like we said before, there's a chil Hashem. But the advantage of the future or the hidur, the beautification of the mitzvah, overrides the lack. That's how it is in the first story. The the Romans are successful and it's painful. But the Bakivit chooses to say that I know that the schar that's coming. Is, the the, the schar that's coming uh, uh, and the hidr that's coming is greater. But if you look at it from the perspective of the second story, it's not just that one is overriding the other, but in the what's happening right now, he sees only the beauty, the beauty, the greatness of the future. That the beautification, the beauty of he sees it in the current. When he sees the Shul, he sees the Kilach he sees the Kharisha, he sees the Hidur of Kiddush Hashem that's happening, beginning to happen right now. That which very thing, which seems to be a lack of Kiddush Hashem and Kiddush Hashem Yisrael, he sees actually the beautifulness of it. That's a whole nother level. And so if you're Gimel, we're going to explain. That's why they say, Akiva Nechamton, Akiva Chanon, on the second story. Because in the second story, Rabbi Akiva teaches them something that, 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 that you don't see anywhere else. Rabbi Akiva teaches them how to see the good inside the bad. That the bad itself is good. And that is something that's Menachem them. That, that, that comforts them. That consoles them. It's if you'd Gimel. When does the time of Zafkin, that's the time of Zafkin, Akiva Nechamton, Akiva Nechamton, and Nitin Dereshter. The Chiddush and Pirush are Indian. Was Shuos Yotzim and Beis Kachya Kadoshim. The Das Reb Akiva and Das Sharatanoim. Was his Chiddush and Bechen is in two Zachen. Leizu Avsu. The Chiddush in the second story over the first story is on a double level. Ledaitom Aben Zayin dem Gizan Aninu from Hepechatei was his Meir Lebchia. Number one, the other Tanoim saw a negative event, which 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 was worthy of crying. Das Reb Akiva is as Nitna Darf Mekuken after Minyan Teiv. Rabbi Kiva says, not only 
Should we look at the Kiddush Hashem that's going to come from this? This advantage of the Geula is not something that's going to be reached through experiencing something else that's not that's negative. It's the one and the same. The destruction has the advantage of the plowing of a field which leads to the growing and the plant, the planting and the growing. So that's why they say Akiva Nechamton on the second story. Because here they're seeing, not only are they seeing that the, that, that the negative thing will lead to something positive. Or that the, the Hidur Mitzvah is Machriya, the, 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 the fact that the Mitzvah is not being done right. That they see the, the Toiv in the negative. And that is Akiva Nechamtanu. And that's why it says Akiva Nechamtanu twice. Aleph, the mile of Hidur Shabbosad. The fact that he was teaching them, the fact that there is a Hidur, that the future is bringing something beautiful and great. Beis, that Ilui Unachama is da in the Pula Shabbahida, that the greatness and the consolation is starting now. In what we're seeing right now is already part of the future and the beauty. And if you're going to ask, one second, I mean, this is pushing it, to say that the negative and the positive is the same thing, that in the negative there's a positive, it's very hard. So the Rebbe says, the is, And the proof is in this Pasuk, that the Abister appoints Uriah and Zechariah as Adam. The Pasuk is telling us that it's not two separate things. It becomes one thing, just like the idea of, of testimony. You have two, test, two, two witnesses, and it becomes one testimony. The two witnesses become one testimony. So Uriah is talking about the Churban, and Zechariah is talking about the Geula. It becomes one thing. And therefore, says Sister Akiva, look, the Abishah calls them Adam, witnesses. If they're witnesses, it means that what they're bringing to the table is one idea. This one's talking negative, this one's talking positive, it's really one intertwined thing. In the first story, they weren't convinced. Rabakiva said, yes, let's look at the future. But they were not convinced. Especially since over here, you have to see the advantage of one thing from the negative of something else. And he didn't bring a raya from Pasek. He didn't bring any proof. One thing that we could learn from one story to the other story. So that's why they don't say Akiva Nechamtanu. In the first story, because they, they they weren't convinced. It's very interesting because the 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 the, the, the two concepts of hoiva versus asid, and and the prat of the mitzvah, the hoiva versus the the hidush of a mitzvah, are are very intertwined here. Like the Rebbe uses them as two different explanations for the 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 art the, the between Rabbi Akiva and his chaverim. 
and, and, and the Tanoim. But then he, he uses it also in the Mila of the first story over the second story. So yeah, you have to, yeah, yeah, in each way that you use it, you have to, you have to spell it out in the way that'll, that, that'll support this point. In other words, when you're talking about when you talk about the Maile, the, the Rabakiva versus the Chachamim, then Rabakiva holds Hidr Mitzvah, and Rabakiva holds Asid, and they hold, and they hold Hoive, and, 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 and Kima Mitzvah with all the Pratim. But then when you're comparing, when you're comparing the first story to the second story, then the Chachamim are convinced of Rabakiva's opinion. So they also see the Maile in the Asid, and the Hid, and the Maile of Hidr. And in the first story, they don't see that. They only focus on the hoiva, and therefore they don't say akiva nicham tano. You doubt. Now we'll go back to answer the question: Why, why the gemara lists the names? Al Durdem is moving the tambesiba from zechilik adays because this explains why these tanoim reached this opinion and why Rabbi Akiva reaches this opinion. For those who would sing in the Mishnah, the further three of them had Yichis. This one was a Nasi from Shevet Yehuda. This one was a Kain. This was a Levi. Rabbi Akiva was a Ben Gedim. The Pashtus, Verkin Zeder Nuftan and Lumaze in Sada Epech. Who is the one who could realize and transform? On the side of negativity, then bitul from the mirashabai to to negate the negative. A feel of that is betakva even when the negative is in its heyday. Undi ma'ilim b'tayelas and minyan achurbin and neifu for nochamu b'kiflaim and who could see the greatness, the advantage of a destruction and see it in a double way of consolation. Tafke dervas by him alein does give him beifin kaza. Only someone who truly experienced the churbin. Then after the gemara zakta tafke evadi abenabek min afapolas adam. As similar to what the Gemara says, that specifically Avadia was the one who prophesied about the downfall of Edom. Avadia was a gear from the tribe of Edom. And this is what people say, the expression people say, from the, 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 the wood itself, from the tree itself, you take the wood to make an axe. In other words, in order to make an axe, you have to have a, a metal top. But you have to have a wooden handle to hold to hold the metal, and then what do you do with it? You chop a tree. The wood is being chopped with its own with with, it, with its own kind. So the, so similarly, Rabbi Akiva, who was from the pla- who was from the place of of Golos, was able to see the advantage of it. But someone who's a Ben Yisrael, whether a Kayin, whether a Levi, whether a Yisrael, for them, this is a, a novelty. To say that in the negativity there is positivity, they, they never truly experience the negativity and therefore they can't really see the positivity that exists in there. Similarly, this isn't how they looked at it in the stories. Similarly, when you talk about the, the halacha that we said, either, 
What is what is stronger, the the present or the future, or a pratim mitzvah that are hidden in close mitzvah, or the detail of the mitzvah versus the beautification of the mitzvah? Rebekiva, who he is the one, besides the fact that he was a Ben Gadim, either he himself was a Ger or he was, he was a descendant of Gadim, he himself did not start learning Torah until he was 40 years old. If had he at any point in time said, look where I am now, this is who I am, he would have never reached the level of Rebekiva. Because Rebakiva was the one who looked at the future, what could come from this, and what did come from this. And so with clarity, with certainty. Like when, you, like, like, like when he saw how the, the stone was being indented by the water. This is what led him to learn Teda, as the Chazal explained the intensity of the learning of Rabbi Akiva, and ultimately he becomes one of the greatest sages of his time. Because he didn't get stuck in the present. Because he looked at the future. He believed in the future. And he saw the present as a launching pad for the future. Now we're going to go back to Nachamu Nachamu. Sift now we'll see what it means that there's a double consolation over the fact that there was a golos and a churban in a manner of laku bekiflaim they were smitten twice or, or in a double way. The laku bekiflaim by stating them was neisvav them etzma churban by golos when heipach kiddush shem shemayim shem yisrael bazeh. What is Pshad Laku Bekiflayim? In addition to the, to the very fact that the Besamingus was destroyed and the Golos that ensued and the, the, the lack of Kiddush Hashem and Kiddush Hashem Yisrael that becomes because of it. But the, the, the double suffering is the fact that the Chilul Hashem and the Chilul Hashem Yisrael is on a whole nother level. Even more than just because the fact that there was a Golos. As we see, the fact that Rome is so successful and we, our base fingers is destroyed. We look at the Golos, it's not just the fact that we went to Golos. We see the, 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 the success of the, of, the, of the nations around us and we see the level of destruction of the Beis Amikdash and it's a double Chilul Hashem. And parallel to that is, or, or, or commensurate to that, is the Nechama B'Kiflayim, the double cancellation. In addition to the fact that it will ultimately be revealed that the Golos was for the, our benefit and for our good. It was, all, it was all part of a process to lead to the revelations of the ultimate redemption. It also becomes revealed. The, the extra Golos, the extra destruction that extra itself is a double consolation not only will we realize that it was worthwhile the intensity of the, the, the descent and the exile to be able to reach 
the, the extra, that, the, 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 that which we will receive more and more beautiful in the Manugula, we not only do we say, okay, the Golos was for the good, but we see the good in the Golos. And on this we say, we thank Hashem for angering us. We, we thank Hashem because ultimately we will see that all of the suffering, that Yidin are suffering in Golos, is actually part of the Teva, part of the good that is awaiting us by the Gola And based on this, we could actually find that Emes to this in our Parsha. The Rebbe so often likes to connect the events of a specific week with its parsha. So till now we spoke about Shabbos Nachma, which is the Haftoira of the Shabbos. But we actually find that Remes to this, a hint to this in Parsha's Vashanon. And again, some The Pasuk says, you will have children and children's children, and you will get old in the land. There was a Remes that they will go to Galos, they will go to exile after 852 years, which is Kaminya Veneshantam, which is the numerical equivalence of the, of the word Veneshantam. In the end, he didn't wait 852 years, he only waited 850 years. He took them to Gullus two, two years earlier. So that the Pasuk should not have to continue to, and, and fulfill the end of the Pasuk that you will be destroyed. And this is what it says in the Pasuk, that the Abishad did a kindness to us, a righteousness to, for us, that he brought the Golos two years earlier, not only do you see that Golos has an advantage, he will find you from there. He will search for you over there. And he will find you because you will search for him and he will bring you back to the Abishter. Even the fact that Golos started two years early, that actually causes to negate the destruction that was meant to come afterwards. So we see in the negativity, we see the positivity. And through our actions, our work in through the time of Golos, that Ben we will merit the godly mamish in the revealed, most revealed way. So Nachamu Nachamu, to you should be comforted, you should be comforted. I the Abister, I the Abister, the one who is the one who will comfort you. The Bias Mashiach said with the coming of Mashiach.